Penn State wide receiver Jahad Dotson snubbed by the AP All Big Ten team. Brent Prize not going anywhere. And we take a look at James Franklin's final coaches bout for the 2020 college football season. I'm Kevin McGuire, and this is Locked On Nittany Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's go. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, that's right. Today is December 23rd. You're almost there to Christmas. Just hang in there. Hopefully you've got all your shopping. Hopefully all of your packages have arrived. I can tell you mine have not, and they're probably not going to be arriving until after Christmas. But hey, you know what? We're all in good health. That's all I can ask for right now. Uh, hopefully you guys are able to say the same. And of course, in today's episode, we've got a lot of more ground to cover as we continue to go through the offseason as we're getting started with Penn State's offseason. No bowl game, of course. And now we are taking a look at some of the coaching changes that are going on around the country. And the big question is going to be, will there be any changes with this Penn State coaching staff? We'll dig into that a little bit in our second segment. First of in our first segment, we're actually going to talk about the all Big Ten team released by the Associated Press and how stupid it is. And then in our third and final segment, we'll actually take a look at the coaches poll and James Franklin's final ballot. We'll see how he ranked the top 25 at the close of the season on his final ballot of the season for the coaches poll. Now, I want to make sure you guys never miss a single episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. We try to do these episodes Monday through Friday, and the goal is still to do one every Monday through Friday this week and next week, even though there's no bowl game, I still want to put out some content for you guys on Christmas, on New Year's. Make sure you guys have something to listen to on the holiday or if you've got a little extra free time during the holiday break and need something to listen to, keep you company, we're going to try and be here for that as well. So make sure you are subscribed in whatever podcasting app you may be listening to us right now or your favorite preferred podcast app on the go so you get those episodes delivered straight to you as soon as they become available. You can also leave a rating and leave a review. That'll really help us out as we continue to try and grow this podcast moving forward into 2021. Should be a fun year coming up in the new year. And of course, you can also reach out and connect with us in a variety of ways on our social media accounts by using the username of LockedOnNittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitch. And yes, we are still going to be doing some live streaming. You're going to have to stay tuned because we got to figure out exactly what we're going to do with the live stream. But I do think that that's going to be a little bit more of a focus as we go through the off season. We'll try to work in some fun things with that. So if you are a Twitch user, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitch and uh, stay tuned. Turn on those notifications so you know when we go live. Okay, so in today's episode, we are actually going to be touching on three subjects. The first and foremost, I want to talk about the All Big Ten team because that was released by the Associated Press on Tuesday. And there are a handful of Nittany Lions on the AP All Big Ten team. Shaka Tony is the only first teamer that appears on the AP All Big Ten team. But Pat Fryermuth, Mike Miranda, Jason Owe, and Lamont Wade all appear on the second team. That's all great. Those are all worthy honors for all of those players involved. And it's good to see a handful of Nittany Lions be mentioned and referenced in that kind of accolades. Uh, despite the struggles that this team had, certainly at the start of the season. So I think the the individual accomplishments, the individual performances, they're still there. They're still worth noting. However, did you notice I didn't mention one of the best players on Penn State's team uh, this season? And that was Jahan Dotson. Where is he on this list? 
Associated Press voters, what are you thinking? Leaving off the Big Ten's leading wide receiver from your all Big Ten team? Now, I understand that Jahan Dotson's numbers are going to be a little bit higher compared to some of the other names that are appearing on this list. And I'm not taking anything away from the wide receivers that are on this list because they all had great seasons. But Jahan Dotson played a full season. <laughs> he led the Big Ten in receiving yards. He's among the leaders in Big Ten touchdown catches. He's tied for the first place, actually, with eight touchdowns in those nine games. And he's fourth in the conference in yards per game, coming in at just under 100 yards with 98.2. Uh, fourth leading receiver in yards per game, the leading receiver in total receiving yards, and tied for first in touchdown receptions. And he doesn't even make your second team? I'm sorry, AP. You know, I've got respect for everybody who's out there in the media. I, I've been in the media as well. I, I tend to think I'm still in the media, but, you know, I'm in a little bit of a state of flux given the, the current year that we've had in 2020. But I got to say, I am flabbergasted that John Dotson, who I think is the best player on Penn State's roster, doesn't even get a sniff of the AP All Big Ten team. So, I, I'm just curious. This is just a complete oversight. If there's anyone out there that's listening that votes on the all Big Ten team, I would love to hear some of the logic behind leaving off one of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten. And have you seen some of the highlights he has made this season? And I'm not just talking about this past weekend against Michigan State, but go back earlier in the year. He's been doing this all season. The, the second game of the year against Ohio State, he makes a couple of great plays. Back-to-back, one-handed catches, getting a touchdown uh, against an all-pro future possible <laughs> defensive back. So I, I got to say, John Dotson absolutely snubbed by the AP voters in the all big 10 team this year. But congratulations to everybody who did make the list, not only from Penn state, but of course from around the big 10, but I got to know what is going on with this voting process. If Jahan Dotson can't even get on not only the first all big 10 team, but the second team, all big 10 team, that's just ridiculous. Uh, here's hoping that some of the other all big 10 teams that do come out and as they're released, maybe there's a little bit more sense with regard to Jahan Dotson, because he absolutely should be on one of those top two teams. Uh, and if for him not to be on there is just inexcusable as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not trying to be a homer here. I just look at the numbers. I look at the performance that he said had this season, and I look at some of the plays he has made. There's no question. This is one of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten. AP voters got it completely wrong. And look, you know, I try to be a very positive person. I always look, try to look on the bright side of everything that's going on. So it's not very often that I get kind of fired up. I get a little angry sometimes. And that's probably as angry as you're going to get. But you know what? I'm going to take a moment and I'm just going to chill. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to pause the recording. I'm going to go grab a Coors Light out of the fridge. And I'm going to have my moment of chill. Because Coors Light is the beer that is made to chill. It's cold lagered. It's cold filtered. And it's cold packaged. And it's best cold right out of your cold fridge. So I got to say, if you're looking for moments to chill, like I currently am right now, uh, you might want to get yourself some Coors Light. And if you're having a holiday gathering of whatever appropriate size, you want to make sure that that fridge is fully stocked and ready to go. So you've got Coors Light to hand out to all of your guests this holiday season. So make sure you are fully prepared for that by loading up your fridge right now. And you don't even have to leave the house to get more Coors Light. All you do is load it up on your phone, get.coorslight.com, and find out how you can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And of course, always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 
Well, if you're like me, this is the time of year that can be very challenging because you're probably going to eat a few too many cookies, right? You know, let's be honest. It's okay. It's okay to have a few cookies here and there, maybe an extra slice of pie at Christmas with the desserts, uh, but it's okay to indulge right now as long as you're thinking about ways that you're going to lose or maintain that weight later on. Or maybe you're trying to do it right now. Maybe you're trying to get through the holiday. And if you're looking for a way to satisfy your appetite, making sure you still feel full and you're still feeling like you're pretty good to go, you're probably looking for a protein bar that's going to help satisfy that appetite at the same time. Well, no, look no further. Built Bar is here for you, and it's even more deliciouser than it has ever been before. You've heard me talk about Built Bars before. They are the protein bars that taste just like chocolate bars. They've got a great array of flavors that you can choose from, including caramel brownie, mint brownie, orange, toffee almond. There's some good flavors that actually just fit perfectly this time of year as well. And the best part is you can make them a part of any kind of diet. Whether you're looking to lose or maintain weight, you're on a keto diet, these are great to fit into that. They are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And again, they have so many different options to choose from. You want to check them out for yourself. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. And while supplies last, they'll even throw in a free cooler with your purchase. So take it from me. Throw in some Built Bars in your refrigerator, take them out and put them in that cooler when you're on your way to work or maybe you're on your way to a gathering of some sort. Make sure you have that as cool and refreshing as possible because it is going to be a delicious treat just that way as well. So once again, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Later on in this podcast, I'm going to give you my latest picks for today, according to the lines from betonline.ag. But first, I want to make sure you guys know about our brand new podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Bets. That's because betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers you can. So subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lines as well. Some of you may know, maybe some of you don't know, I actually do some LSU football coverage for LSU Tigers Wire, part of the USA Today sports media network. Uh, so it's, it's actually been a pretty fun season for me because not only am I doing this Penn State podcast, uh, talking about the Nittany Lions with you guys in podcast form and on Twitter, but I'm also getting a different perspective by covering LSU at the same time. And fortunately for me, there hasn't been a whole lot of overlap between LSU and Penn State this year. I, I was sort of hoping that we were going to get a Penn State LSU bowl game, but of course that's completely off the table with Penn State not going to a bowl game and LSU actually serving a self-imposed bowl ban due to some NCAA violations, but whatever. Uh, But it's interesting because I I get a chance to interact with a different kind of fan base uh, other than Penn State and LSU fans have been a little bit upset this year. It's been kind of a common theme for me this year where my teams that I'm covering have been a little bit of a on the disappointment side LSU obviously coming off the national championship last year and now going through this season uh they had a rough season you know just to put it bluntly if you haven't been paying attention to LSU it was a tough year especially on the defensive side and that's why on Tuesday it was pretty big news when L when word came out that LSU was going to be parting ways with their defensive coordinator Bo Pelini who of course is former Nebraska head coach uh former Youngstown State head coach uh, former defensive coordinator for LSU twice before now. <laughs> so th- that was a pretty big development as LSU is making some coaching changes. And on top of that, we also found out from Michigan that the Wolverines are moving on from Don Brown as their defense coordinator. So I don't know if either move was necessarily very surprising because the defenses at Michigan and LSU were pretty disappointing. 
this season, uh, to say the least. And certainly with coaches that are uh, under a little bit of a different microscope, obviously the Jim Harbaugh situation, it looks like he's going to be coming back now that they're making some staff changes. And Ed Orgeron down at LSU has the benefit of coming off a national championship last year, but certainly uh, with so much that has been undergoing over the course of this past calendar year, uh, there's a little bit of pressure there to get uh, LSU back on the, the main stage there. So changes with your staff are pretty common when you feel that kind of a pressure. Now, it's interesting because I think one of the things that a lot of Penn State fans have been talking a lot about this season is the performance of the defense and whether or not Brent Pry should be the guy running this defense moving forward. I don't know if Brent Pry needs to go as defensive coordinator. I, I'm far from that point of view right now because I do think he does a lot of good things. I just feel as though, is there room for improvement with this defense? I think that there is, but you know, again, small sample size, maybe this year in particular, I thought the defense was okay. You know, obviously tackling was a little bit of an issue. There were some moments when you looked at like, this was a Penn state defense that was among the worst as far as tackling is concerned uh, in Penn state history. I remember a couple of weeks back, Matt Millen covered doing the game on in the broadcast booth made that specific comment. And we talked about it on this podcast where Matt Millen says, you know, for as long as he's been following Penn state football, which is a very long time, uh, this was probably the worst he has ever seen Penn State as far as tackling was concerned because there were some glaring issues, I think, with Penn State's ability to tackle. But I think schematically, I, I don't know if the Brent Pride defensive schemes are necessarily a huge problem. Are, are there some lapses? Are there some holes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's no question about that. And I think that there are certainly moments when you wish the defense would step up a little bit better in some big spots, especially on like some third down situations. But you know, again, you look at what has happened this season. You know, no Michael Parsons. That's a big gap <laughs> that you're trying to make up for. And you know, obviously went into this year with a very weird off season. You didn't get a whole lot of time to really prepare the way that you typically would. So my big question is, is James Franklin in a position where he feels like he needs to make a change at defensive coordinator? And honestly, I don't think that that is the case. I, I think a lot of fans may think that, but I don't think that James Franklin is going to be looking at his staff and feeling as though Brent Pry is a need a guy that needs to go. So if you're thinking that maybe Brent Pry should be on the move, I, I think you might be misguided on that one. I, or I should say, I don't think you should get your expectations too high. Now, if there's another job out there that attracts Brent Pry, maybe that's a different situation. But I don't see Penn State moving on from Brent Pry at all. And we know that James Franklin is extremely loyal to what he says are his guys. And Brent Pry is most certainly one of his guys. If you remember when James Franklin took over the head coaching job at Penn State and came up from Vanderbilt, he brought a lot of members of that Vanderbilt coaching staff with him. Now, I don't recall if he brought everybody from that Vanderbilt coaching staff up to Happy Valley, but he did bring up a good number of of those coaching staff members. And he said before that he was very loyal to his guys. So he was going to, you know, stay attached to them as much as possible. And obviously some coaches are going to go on and accept other jobs and opportunities maybe to move up or get a different uh, opportunity that is presented to them. But Brent Pry has been with James Franklin for quite some time now. You know, go back to 2011 at Vanderbilt. He's the assistant head coach, co-defensive coordinator, and the linebackers coach. And he continues on those roles for a couple of years and then moves up and keeps 
keeps those roles with Penn State beginning in 2014. And now, obviously, in 2016, he gets promoted to full-time defense coordinator, linebacker coach. And, of course, that continues to be the case. So uh, he has been with James Franklin for a number of years now. And I think it would take an awful lot to get to a point where James Franklin feels like it's time to move on from Brent Pry as his defensive coordinator. Now, we saw... James Franklin make it an offensive coordinator change when things just were not going well with John Sullivan. John Sullivan? I, I forget what his name was now. John Dunmore. Remember, you know who I'm talking about, right? John Donovan. John Donovan is the guy's name. I should have remembered that off the top of my head. But uh, we saw that uh, things were not going smoothly with this Penn State offense under John Donovan as offensive coordinator. And it obviously got to a point where James Franklin realized that if Penn State's going to take that next step, They have to improve their offensive play. And that's what led to Joe Moorhead coming in as the offense coordinator uh, following the removal of John Donovan. And that was a major upgrade as far as offensive coordinator is concerned. So I guess the question is, is there a major upgrade that's available for the defensive coordinator position that James Franklin sees as a, a possibility within the program? And is it something where he feels like he needs to move on that right away? I don't know that that's out there. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, Don Brown, I'm sure, is going to get hired somewhere. He'll be a fine defense coordinator. It just things weren't going great at Michigan. Uh, Bo Pelini, I think, can be a good defense coordinator. And I'm not here at all saying that Mich- uh, Penn State should be going after Don Brown or uh, Bo Pelini. I, I think far from that, to be honest with you. But I do think that uh, it, it that's the thing that it's going to take. It's going to take a monster addition that is very likely to happen at Penn State in order to get to a point where Brent Pry is not going to be the defensive coordinator. So I think it's going to be the, more of the same going into 2021. I think Brent Pry is going to be the one calling the shots on defense. And honestly, I don't see any problem with that. You know, I think uh, at some point you have to expect that Brent Pry's uh, defensive plan is going to be what it is. Uh, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be more than solid enough for Penn State to win some games. And I think the defense is going to be just fine. I do think a lot of things are going to be better in 2021 at the start of the season because I do think that whatever is going to happen this offseason, we're either going to see a Penn State program that is much more prepared for adjusting to whatever the schedules may be. And I think that maybe we'll get back to a little bit more normalcy. And that would certainly bode well for the entire Penn State program this offseason, offense and defense. And I think that that was one of the major problems at the beginning of the season. And again, everybody was dealing with the same issue. So I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses here, but I do think that given all the new coaches that Penn State had, certainly on the offensive side of the football, I think it took some time for that all to gel. Maybe it took a little bit longer than a lot of people wanted, but the bottom line is it does look like it did gel. Because look at what has happened in the second half of the season. So I think Brent Pry and his defensive staff, they'll be fine. And they'll be back And unless we'll, we see any opportunities. Obviously, this is the time of year. It's very busy keeping up with all the coaching changes that are out there. So we will obviously be keeping an eye on that. But it is just something to just kind of talk about as we see some big-name defensive coordinators be removed from their positions after very disappointing seasons. The thing is, Penn State didn't have as disappointing season on the defensive side. Obviously, I'm not saying it was perfect, and I'm not saying there wasn't room for improvement, but it wasn't abysmal like we saw at Bo Pelini and LSU, and very disappointing with Don Brown and Michigan. 
We seem to be having a pretty good week with our college picks, according to the lines from betonline.ag. If you listen to Monday's podcast and took my Appalachian State pick, that paid out for you. I'm actually recording this one as I'm watching Nevada, my pick against uh, Tulane in the Potato Bowl. Uh, It's looking pretty good. I'm going to knock on wood right now just to make sure that goes through. But uh, it looks like we're off to a pretty good start this bowl season. So what are we going to do next, right? That's the big question. I'm actually liking Louisiana Tech as a plus six and a half underdog against Georgia Southern. And if you're already looking ahead to Christmas Eve, you want to make some cash before the big day and Santa comes down the, with his sleigh, how about Hawaii plus 11 and a half? I know they're playing off the island. That's a very rare bowl situation for Hawaii. And they're taking on a Houston team that I think is pretty dangerous. But 11 and a half points, I think Hawaii can hang with Houston. So uh, I might hold off on making that my official pick for tomorrow. I may actually end up going the other way. So tune in tomorrow to see how I go with that game between Hawaii and Houston. But I'm liking Louisiana Tech plus six and a half against Georgia Southern today. So remember, go to betonline.ag, get all the latest lines, get all the check out all the lines for the futures as the NBA is tipping off and the NHL is right around the corner. Now's a good time to lock in those bets for who you think is going to win it all on the hard court or on the ice. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Before I wrap up today's podcast, I wanted to take a look to see how James Franklin evaluated the college football landscape with his end of the season coaches ballot submitted to the Amway coaches poll presented by USA Today. And of course, uh, now that the season has come to an end, USA Today always publishes every coach's final ballot for the season. And of course, James Franklin is a voting member. So I thought it'd be pretty fun just to take a look at the ballot and see what we think about it moving from number one all the way down to number 25. And I don't think it's really any surprise who the top four teams on James Franklin's ballot are. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Clemson. Number three, Ohio State. And number four, Notre Dame. And of course, those are the four teams that will be playing in the college football playoff. And I haven't looked at every coach's ballot, but I would imagine that those four teams in one order or another probably show up on the majority of coaches uh, on the majority of ballots submitted by coaches to close out the regular season. So who does James Franklin have after his top four? Number five would be Texas A&M. That falls right in line with the college football playoff, followed by number six, Oklahoma, number seven, Florida, and then number eight, Indiana. Now I've talked about this in yesterday's podcast where I think the college football playoff selection committee absolutely gypped Indiana in every way imaginable. I definitely feel as though Indiana should be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl game. I understand that there are some contracts out there that have to be obligated uh, following the college football playoff. But yes, Indiana absolutely should be in a New Year's Six Bowl game. And it looks as though James Franklin kind of agrees with that. And of course, James Franklin got a chance to see Indiana up close and personal in that season opener. And of course, Indiana went on to have a very good season. Definitely deserving of a spot in the New Year's Six. Obviously, they're not going to be getting that. But James Franklin does have the Hoosiers in ahead of number nine, Georgia, followed by number 10, Northwestern. So James Franklin's got three big 10 teams in his top 10. Number three, Ohio State. Number eight, Indiana. And number 10, Northwestern. Again, I'm guessing Northwestern is probably higher on Franklin's ballot than some of the other coaches out there. Maybe that's a little bit of a Big Ten issue, but I do think that Northwestern certainly is worthy of some consideration for a higher ranking Number 10, though, might be a little bit of a stretch there, James. That's just my personal opinion, but this is your ballot. You submit it any way you want. Uh, Outside of the top 10, 
James Franklin going right down the list. Number 11, Iowa State. Number 12, Iowa. That's pretty interesting to me because I think Iowa's better than an Iowa State team. And Iowa just dominated Penn State in regular season play. So I'm a little surprised that James Franklin, with three Big Ten teams in his top 10, didn't put Iowa ahead of Iowa State. Maybe there's something there. (laughs) Maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But I did find that a little bit interesting. James Franklin, not very high on the group of five, though. Number 13 is where he puts Cincinnati, another team that I think should be higher. I think Cincinnati is absolutely worthy of top 10 consideration. Uh, I think I might have him in ahead of Northwestern. Just just my personal opinion. But again, James Franklin, not very high on the group of five. Coming in at number 14, he's got North Carolina, followed by Miami at number 15, and NC State at number 16. And then we go to the Texas Longhorns. Of course, a lot of Texas fans always like to have some fun, wondering whether or not James Franklin will be a next head coach king candidate for the Longhorns. Uh, Well, first of all, uh, they're not moving on from their current head coach, so that's on the table for at least another year. But coming in at number 17 is where Penn State's James Franklin has the Texas Longhorns. And then he has Coastal Carolina at number 18. James, I'm disappointed. Maybe you just didn't watch enough Coastal Carolina this year, but this is definitely a much higher ranked team than number 18. So I'm going to disagree with James Franklin on his ranking of Coastal Carolina. I think Coastal Carolina is absolutely deserving of a much higher ranking than where James Franklin has them. And then he's got BYU at number 19, San Jose State at number 20, Louisiana Lafayette at number 21. So I get the sense that James Franklin or whoever submitted the ballot uh, just decided that we needed to group these uh, group of five programs and BYU in the same category. Let's get them out of the way. Let's list them right here. Coastal Carolina, BYU, San Jose State, Louisiana, Lafayette. A nice little run there of group of five and non-power conference programs. Then we go back into the power conference mix with number 22, Oklahoma State, followed by Pac-12 champion, number 23, Oregon, of course, with Joe Moorhead, former Penn State offensive coordinator as Oregon's offensive coordinator. And then we got USC at number 24, another name that always seems to center around the James Franklin rumor mill. <laughs> and just throwing that out there. And then number 25, he rounds out his ballot with Liberty. So interesting ballot. I, I think he's a little too high on Northwestern. I don't think he's high enough on Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati. I, I'm a little surprised that Iowa is below Iowa State. I'm very curious about the, the logic behind that one. But I do think that uh, overall, uh, I'm not too surprised with some of the things on this ballot. Again, I've got a couple differences of opinions here and there. But overall, I think it's a pretty straightforward ballot. I don't think there's anything too glaring outside of where you might have some of these non-power conference programs. Uh, and again, I think I think James Franklin might have Northwestern a little bit too high. But again, that's just my personal opinion. But hey, Northwestern certainly played for the Big Ten Championship. They are, they're definitely legitimate as a program and they deserve a lot of respect but i think james franklin needs to give a little bit more respect to coastal carolina let me know what you think reach out to us on our twitter account on our facebook page using the username locked on nittany and of course make sure you're subscribed so you never miss a single episode of this podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps and leave those ratings and reviews it really helps us out we love hearing your feedback and we want to make this show something you want to come back to share with your friends and your family and your fellow penn state fans as we continue to try and grow the show going into 2021 Can't do it without you guys, so we really appreciate all the support you guys can lend us. That's going to do it for today's episode. 
I'm Kevin McGuire. You can find me on Twitter at KevinOnCFE. Check out my college football content on AthlonSports.com as well as on my Patreon at Patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. And until next time, everybody, have a great day. Go 1-0 today. Come back tomorrow's Christmas Eve. We will have an episode for you. And, of course, I'll also be on the Locked On College Football Podcast for you guys on Thursday as well. So lots of stuff to still dig into. Lots of stuff happening out there. We'll see if any of it impacts Penn State in the coming days. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.